Coaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado. And with me, as always, is my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on, Jibs? So I'm here. It's a Wednesday. Yeah, so we're not off to the best start today. But, you know, it's Wednesday. It's summertime, guys. We're we're looking forward to talking some fantasy football today. Uh, but before we get into the news and, you know, today's segment, uh, first I'd like to introduce Tyler. Uh, he's one of the Fantasy Coaches uh, team members here. Tyler, what's going on, bud? Oh, not much, man. Just enjoying a nice day in Colorado. Sunshine, blue skies, and about 95 degrees. That's awesome, man. And uh, how's uh, how you been dealing with the whole coronavirus and everything? I know we haven't really talked about that much in our uh, group texts, so. Uh, it's been pretty boring, honestly. <laughs> I'm used to getting out of the house a good bit and doing stuff, you know, and I'm just basically stuck. Everything's starting to open back up, though, now, so it's, uh, it's not too bad. Me and a buddy went and grabbed a bite to eat last night, so. Not too bad. That's awesome, bud. Glad to hear you're feeling safe and everything in that nature. And oh, now yeah. for our second guest. We don't usually have two guests on our episodes, but we made a special exception this coming week here. Uh, our se- second guest, he is the co-host of the FF Funhouse, and he is the host of the Scott Fishbowl uh, Potathon. Um, Sal Leto, what's going on, bud? What's up, guys? Thanks for bringing me on today. No, absolutely. You know, I met Sal when he was doing this great speech uh, about the Scott Fishbowl, you know, and everything about it in just general. And it really was inspiring, you know, to hear kind of what fantasy football can kind of do more than just be fantasy football. You can do a lot more uh, and give back to a lot of people by being in the fantasy community. So, you know, I had to get Sal on, let him talk about the Potathon. And, you know, he's just a real inspirational guy. So, uh, Sal, I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about the Potathon and everything about it. Well, first, I appreciate those kind words, guys. I mean, I'm inspired by Scott, and you know, I know Scott about five years now, and what he did and does, and what John Bosch does, and those guys inspired me to do more. So, to hear you guys say that about me is just like feeling the circle come around. So it's really awesome. Um, yeah. So this will be year three of the SFB Potathon. Like I said, Scott was nice to us in, in 2016, SFB 480, and, and put the three of us, me and my two co-hosts, into that that year's uh, Scott Fishbowl. And the first thing we noticed was how much excitement was around that on, on Twitter that day. It's just once the drafts kick off, it's nonstop Twitter. And uh, the year that um, – God, his name's escaped me now. Now I, I feel like Jibs now over here. What, what happened? The year, <laughs> the year that uh, – Basketball player for the Spurs. Help me out. Uh, for the Spurs? Retired. Um, Mono, Parker, Duncan? Kawhi? The, the year that Tim Duncan retired. God, there you guys. go, Timmy. The year that Tim Duncan retired, uh, he, it was the only other story trending bigger on Twitter than the Scott Fishbowl. So I knew that there was something to this. And I turned to Steve and Kevin. I said, we have to do a live show the day of the event. And so we, we came up with the idea to do a one to two hour show, interview Scott, interview a few people, and just be done with it, and away we go. But over the year of waiting for the next SFB to come up, I got to thinking about how we could make charity happen 
through this. And when I was younger, guy, I'm much younger, I'm much older than you guys. So when I was younger, telethons were huge on TV. 24 hours a day, they raised money for charities, they were variety shows. Uh, Jerry Lewis is the guy who did the, the biggest one on TV every year. And I thought, why not do a potathon? 24 hours live, we stay awake the whole time, that's kind of our, you know, our gig. Stay awake for the full 24 hours, bring on the top guests in the industry and some of the small names in the industry, and raise money, get donations. And we did great, first year we made $4,700. Year two, we went 25 hours because Mike Wright couldn't get out of bed on time. We went an extra hour, and we raised $6,200. And, guys, I'm so proud and happy to say that year three, where would I thought we would be at year five? In year three, we have blown past the $10,000 goal. We're over $11,000. There's two weeks till the show starts, and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down. The train is just humming along, and we, we cut the show down to 48 30-minute segments just to get the amount of people on. And I could probably do another 12 hours easy with the amount of people that want to come on. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, definitely it's a huge thing right now. Tell everyone um, what day is that going to be on? So July 5th, it's uh, Sunday night. I figured July 4th, Saturday, people are going to party like crazy. And then Sunday will be barbecuing still, kind of getting that hangover out because some people have to go back to work on Monday. But hopefully you don't and you can join us for the full 24 hours. But July 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern time, and we go till Monday, July 6th at 8 p.m. also. And we kick off with uh, Heath Cummings and Evan Silver right at the top. And it, it really just doesn't slow down for the, fu- the full 24 hours. Yeah, I know. I was listening to your uh, your video, and you have a lot of big names and uh, even a lot of small names coming on, which is I think is pretty cool just in the industry to kind of mix them all together. Uh, so, guys, uh, tune in for that. Um, Scott, where can they find, find the Potathon app? So we're going to be on YouTube, and we're going to be across uh, multiple Twitter platforms. Uh, the my my personal page at Salito FF, a the SFB Podathon page, and the DFPN network or dfp network we call ourselves the only network in town uh that is where my show the the ff funhouse is uh is broadcast when we do record it so we're gonna be across those three platforms and facebook live if you go to the sfb potathon twitter page at any time you'll find everything the donation link the links to watch the show everything will be up there we will constantly be tweeting stuff out it'll be impossible to miss so yeah, so guys, uh, definitely go check it out. I know I'm going to check it out at some point. Maybe it won't be up for the 24 hours, but I'm definitely going to check out as much as I can uh, when I can. And guys, go donate. You know, it's always good for a good cause. You know, you, you get that good feeling for just donating uh, and helping out. You know, uh, just helping out. And so go donate, go watch the Potathon, guys. And Sal, we appreciate you jumping on for this today. So we're going to have a lot of fun today, um, and we got a lot going on. Before we get into our battle round ADP. Uh, we got some news to talk about, and uh, unfortunately, it was right after our podcast, I believe. I think it was the day after. I think it was Thursday, maybe Friday, and we get the word out there that Debo Samuels, the second-year stud out of San Francisco, unfortunately has a Jones fracture in his foot and is scheduled to be out probably the next two to three months, four months maybe. Uh, this is a real big blow uh, to the San Francisco 49ers offense and just the Debo's stock and redrafts here this year, guys. I mean, he was projected you know, to be a four, fifth, sixth-round pick now, and uh, now he's looking a little maybe falling down a little bit, maybe in your guys' eyes, and maybe someone else may step up, like maybe Brandon Ayuk or maybe somebody else. So I'll ask you guys this. you know, does How badly does this affect his stock, and do you see anyone else kind of taking advantage of maybe Samuel's not being there? So, uh, Tyler, we'll let you go first on this one. 
Uh, I'm not really worried about it, to be honest with you. I mean, he's got plenty of time to recover. We're still in June. Uh, he's got a few months. and I, I don't think anything's really going to change with how they were using him. You know, he, he's been there. He knows the offense. Um, yeah, you got IU there. They could use him a lot of different ways, but, you know, he's rookie. He's not having much time with the team because of the whole COVID thing, so it's not really there. I don't really see an issue with it, and if he does fall, I mean, I'd be happy to grab him. So you would still take him in the fifth or sixth round of your drafts? Yeah, I don't see any issue with it. I mean, even if he is out four months, I mean, he's still going to come back and he's going to be the same guy. So no big issue there for me. All right, you heard it first. Tyler has no issues with it. Uh, So, Sal, we'll go to you next. Uh, How do you feel about the situation? Yeah, in in the Dynasty League, you know, I'm I'm definitely perfectly fine still taking him. I think in a a redraft this year, I'm wary of guys like that. I, I PFF right away says Ayuk is the number one rookie wide receiver if that happens. I don't see how he makes that leap. And as a guy who has entirely too much Kendrick Bourne floating around the dynasty rosters, I hope that he steps in. But they have other weapons there. We know Kittle, and uh, they have other guys. They have always deep at running back with multiple guys playing there. So uh, they'll be fine as a team. Uh, but probably for me, I'll stay away from Debo this year in the redraft leagues, but not scared away in dynasty at all. No, definitely. Couldn't agree more with you. And then, Jibs, what about you? Oh, man, I was distraught as soon as I heard the news. As a Debo owner in Dynasty, I was looking so forward to seeing what he could do on the field this year. But uh, redraft, I will take a two-round discount. I mean, uh, yeah, two-round discount on Debo, if that. I don't think I'll try to nab him around six, especially if he is not ready to be on the season. He's pretty optimistic that he'll be back in the beginning of the season but you know you don't want him to be on pop and then you have a holding a fantasy roster spot up for six weeks or so so i'm a little just kind of torn on him and during redraft just because those foot injuries you just never know how they will go he could just kind of hurt it again and he'll be out for even a longer period of time so i hope the 49ers take this one serious slow and make sure he's 100 percent healthy before going back on the field that's exactly what you have to worry about, right? The 49ers, if they get off to a good start with other guys filling their role, he is a young player, and he's vital to their future. So it, it's a very tricky situation. And if they're smart, like you said, Jibs, they'll, they'll take their time and let this guy heal. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, Sal. Um, yeah, if they're doing good, he's why why rush him back? There's no reason to. They If they're winning games, there's no reason. They actually have a real easy s- schedule to start the year. Uh, I know they play Miami, so I know they're going to win at least that game. But they're going to win a couple good games early on and, and be ahead. And if Debo Samuels needs more time, I mean, this Jones fracture is something that can uh, come back and haunt him again, possibly during the season if he doesn't have it fully healed. Uh, correctly, so that is something you need to be concerned about. To me, I'm saying no earlier than round nine, uh, especially. And again, this is why you guys won't want to really do your drafts this year and later in the year, late August, definitely September this year because how the season starts so late. Just in case for situations like this, if you hear it, he's going to be running again, he's on the field again. All right, you take him back in that six, seven range. But if he's not, you know, if he's not practicing, you definitely have to value him at least round nine or later because he could be someone who misses the first month of the year. That's you know a week. That's a that's a whole month of your bench spot not being able to be used. So. You know, take precaution, you know, read the injury reports on him. You know, I, I love his talent. Wasn't high on him this year, but the injury definitely doesn't make it any better. And and some guys you might want to look out for, uh, like Sal said, Kendrick Braun, uh, Bourne. Uh, he's definitely a guy who was a big touchdown uh, machine last year with five. And then some guys that you might want to just, 
keep on your radar. Maybe your deeper league teams, uh, you may be in like a Trent uh, Taylor or a Jalen Hurts, some, someone like that who's younger, who didn't really have a chance to step up last year, could make that leap if, uh, you know, Debo is out for a standing period of time. So. It's not fun to see a young talent. Yeah, you can't, can't forget about can't forget about Jalen Hurd. He was uh, where was he at Tennessee, where he was a running back, and then he went to receiver. Yeah, he was uh, like a six foot five. He's a pretty big dude. I like Hurd. Yeah, he was an interesting story. I know he wanted to play. He wanted to play wide receiver, and the coach told him, "No, we're not playing you wide receiver." So he said, "All right, I'll leave and transfer," and that's exactly what he did. So, uh, you know, hopefully he can be someone who can step up because I really liked his talent come out of college uh, last year. Uh, so just a couple other things in the news real quick. Uh, obviously, Dak signed his tender. He's probably going to be playing for the Cowboys at least this season. Who knows after that? Uh, Cody Parkinson, the tight end that the Seattle Seahawks drafted, uh, he had a broken bone in his foot. Um, Jamal Adams, once out of you know New York, unfortunately. Uh, Joe Bradley hyping up Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson having big roles in the offense this year. Hopefully that doesn't because I love my DJ more. Uh, but just a little other things, guys. Obviously, more news will pop up as we get closer to them actually being able to go back uh, to training camp. So looking forward to that. But let's get into our positional battles now. Um, and basically what I did, guys, I took ADPs off of Fantasy Pros and basically just grouped players up in each round. Uh, and I kind of just took a list here. Um, and it's you should think of it as like a flex option, half-point PPR kind of situation here. I don't know if I told you guys that. But again... You guys pick your player as you choose to. So we're going to go at least 10 rounds. We'll see how we are on time. We may go 13. It really will just depend on timing today. So uh, we're going to start with round one. And the three players I chose that I think could be debated really well is Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns, Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals, and DeAndre Hopkins of the now Arizona Cardinals. Um, Sal, we'll let you go first this time on this one. Who do you like in this round one? For me, it's easily Hopkins. Um, I, I want who I still feel is legitimately a top two wide receiver in the NFL right now. Right, be put Michael Thomas there with him. But for me, it's their one two, one A, one B. Um, Mixing, I, I they're gonna they're gonna force Burrow to throw the ball, so you know they're gonna stack the box there. And Burrow might be successful doing it. And maybe as the year goes on, he gets better. And and I just don't like Chubb having Hunt in that backfield with him. So for me, I'm Hopkins without much of a thought. Oh, definitely. I definitely love that take there. Uh, and Tyler? I completely agree on the uh, Chubb part, but a little bit different on Mixon and Hopkins. I, I I guess you could say I have an obsession with running backs. I usually try to take them early, usually. Um, I usually take Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams in the first round, but that's it as far as receivers go. I don't like the fact that Hops, Hopkins is on a new team. Uh, they have a lot of different weapons there. And even though he is one of the best, he still has to learn a new system and he still has to get in sync with his quarterback. I'm going to take Mixon here. Uh, I know I know Burrow is going to be throwing the ball a lot more, but he also likes to target his running backs. And Mixon can catch the ball, even though they don't use him much for that. So I'm going to take Mixon here. All right, we got one on one. Uh, before you go, Jibs, I'm actually going to go first this time because I want you to be the tiebreaker of this round. Because <laughs> okay. I went okay. with Nick Chubb. Um, I know Hopkins, you know, top talent, but again, I think he needs to had to deal with some learning with the new offense. There's going to be more talent around him that he's never had in his career. Uh, Joe Mixon, while he is talented on his own, he's seen him kind of just look lost at times out there uh, behind that offensive line. And 
they're going to be behind in games, which I think Joe Burrow might end up throwing the ball a little bit more, uh, and not to uh, you know Joe Mixon because they have like four strong wide receivers in the team. So. I like Nick Chubb. I've always been a Nick Chubb believer. I know Kareem Hunt's there, guys. I know that's going to be somewhat of an issue, and it definitely will limit him to an extent. But uh, under Kevin Stefanski, you know, he was the guy who got Dalvin Cook back on the map and made him look like a top five back that he is this year. And um, if he can run for like 200 plus uh, carries this year, uh, Alexander Madison, his backup, had 100 carries on his own. So if Kareem Hunt can have 100 carries and Nick Chubb can do what he did on what Dalvin Cook did last year, and I think Nick Chubb is just a better all, safer, stronger runner than Dalvin Cook is. Maybe not as fast, but just a stronger runner who doesn't have that injury-prone status on him. Uh, late in the first round, at least, and maybe pick seven uh, later, I like really like Nick Chubb. So, And Jibs, we'll let you tie-break it. Okay, for the tiebreaker, like I'm fine with all these players in the latter part of the first round, but... It's sick of me to say this, but I chose Joe Mixon, to be frank. I'm just going to pretend that he's not frustrated with his contract talks. And all the rest of these players do have great opportunity and volume, but I just think Joe Mixon secedes everyone. Like Sal and Tyler both said, Nick Chubb has to deal with Kareem Hunt in the backfield. I think Kareem Hunt's just a fantastic player that has standalone value. And they stole the points right out of my mouth. Like, Hopkins is going to a new team. Yes, he is that certified, like, top three wide receiver. But there's been lack, little to no training camp. They had these online virtual, like, OTAs. But you still need that, like, physical, just the physical, like, movement of the routes and just timing just for quarterbacks and wide receivers to be in sync. So, for me, it's Joe Mixon, Hopkins second, and then Nick Chubb third. All right, well, it looks like uh, Joe Mixon is the winner of round one, guys. Moving on to round two, a little different once again. Still two RBs, one wide receiver. And in this round, it's Kenyon Drake out of the, again, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Really strong at the end of last year. And then you have Kenny G, the uh, fourth-year wide receiver now, rising up draft boards after a fantastic season. And then Austin Eckler, who was a beast for most of the season last year, now comes in and gets to be, hopefully, the full-time starter. So, uh, we're going to mix it up again today, and Tyler, we'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, so I'm going to pass on Kenny here. Um, just like you, like I said, you know, I don't like taking too many wide receivers early. He's just not quite in that that tier yet for me to grab him in the second round. Um, Kenyon Drake, I just took him in the fifth of a startup. Uh, it was a 16-team super flex, but I took him in the fifth there, so I got a pass in the second. Eckler's going to be my man here, uh, Newt. New quarterback, you know, you got Tyrod Taylor, you got Herbert. Uh, it kind of depends on how that offense is going to work out, but I think that they're going to be targeted Eckler a lot, and especially you know the way they used him last year. I don't think he's quite as effective as he was last year, but he's still going to be somewhere in that range. So I'm going Eckler. All right, Eckler is the first one off the board, and Sal will let you go second here. Yeah, I'm going to break the tie early because uh, Echo is going to be the guy for me, too. It's, I love uh, Kenny G, and I have him in some dynasties, and I, I love the future for this guy, but um, not that early here for, for this year. And uh, agree, Kenyon Drake, I can't I can't buy into it yet, man. He's going to have to prove it to me, and maybe I get left out in the cold watching somebody else run away with a league because they were smart enough to take him. But... Um, Eckler just, he had the opportunity last year and he ran with it. I was the big Justin Jackson guy. I was picking up Jackson everywhere saying, he'll be the guy, he'll be the guy. Eckler can't, you know, hold up. And Eckler did it before, during, and after Gordon came back. And I think that he's uh, just a hungry guy who's, it's just, he's one of those underdog players that 
is going to he's going to be successful. So Eckler for me as well. That's two for Eckler now, and uh, Jibs will let you go. I'm going to stay on brand. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but just listen to the podcast last month and a half. And this is all Snackler, baby. Like, Kenyon Drake, round two is too rich for me. I'll be with Sal. I'll let someone else get him and just uh, cry about it later. Kenny G, to me, is probably in the latter part of round three. But it's just... You can't, like, see, like, Austin Eckler, what he did weeks one through four. Yes, production kind of took a standstill, and he kind of came back to earth. But still, he finished as a top five running back in PPR. You can't not justify that, especially given his opportunity towards the last part of the year. And now he's getting more opportunity with more rushing volume. I think his receiving yards and receptions would drop. But, hey, those two will kind of, like, kind of, they'll just kind of even out at the end of the day. All right, well, we got three on Eckler, guys. Um, unfortunately, I can't make it four. Uh, I want to. I love Eckler. I really like Eckler's ability this year. I, I think he's a safe RB to take in round two if you choose to take that route. Uh, definitely over Kenyon Drake. I think Eckler has a more of a role uh, carved out overall in both the passing and receiving game, um, passing and running game. Uh, but I'm going to go with Kenny G, and I'm going to go with his upside. Uh, he's got tremendous upside in this offense here. Um, he was a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football with Matthew Stafford on the field. He was putting up big numbers week in and week out. Uh, and then he fell a little bit, and he was still a top 15 wide receiver with David Blige. Like, who's David Blige? Like, seriously, like, he was just still performing at a top level. And I know Marvin Jones will be back, who a lot of people seem to like. And, you know, TJ Hawkinson is possibly stepping up, and DeAndre Swift is there now. But I think Kenny Galladay is just the number one wide receiver on this team here. And, and if he continues to grow, as I think he can, uh, he could make his you know, ascension into an actual wide receiver one in fantasy football this coming season. And as long as Matthew Stafford is healthy, which I believe he should be, his back is looking good now. Everyone's The reports are saying he's fine. Uh, him and Galladay uh, can do a lot of big damage this season. So I want to take the upside with Galladay being possible top you know, seven, top five wide receiver in fantasy this year. Going over to round three now. Uh, I lost that one, unfortunately. You guys beat me out on that. But, you know, maybe this round will be a little different. So round three, we have Allen Robinson, the uh, big surprise of the wide receiver core last year in fantasy football. Uh, Cooper Cup, who destroyed early on and kind of faltered out at the end of the year. And then uh, DJ Moore, the second-year youngster who kind of broke out with a Colin Allen at quarterback. So uh, uh, who do we like in this round? Uh, Jibs, we'll let you go first this time. It's okay, Jibs, if you don't want to go first. It's not a big deal. I do. He's got to give me a second to set up. But, yeah, this Thanks round was very hard. I, I went with Cooper Cup. Uh, Cook's left. And I know the tight, I mean, the Rams want to incorporate more two tight end sets, but the proof was in the pudding last year. He flat out balled out. And I was still get a little bit of haunted that I uh, traded Cooper Cup, Evan Ingram for uh, Keenan Allen and O.J. Howard last year. But, hey, everyone can be wrong every once in a while. But um, DJ Moore will be second for me. He has, like, tremendous upside, but he's in a loaded offense with Christian McCaffrey leading the pack. And then A-Rod, to me, yes, he did exceptionally well last year, but I think that was just more um, just a – he was just a beneficiary from bad play calling by Matt Nagy and Mr. Bisky just peppering his targets. All right. Well, we have one for Cooper Cup here. Um, Sal, we'll go let you go second again. 
Yeah, I agree. Robinson, it's hard to ignore Robinson's target numbers from last year, but it, it became at one point they were just forcing the ball to him, right? So 154 targets last year. And it's going to be a mess there. We're not even sure who's going to be the quarterback. And to points that were made earlier, with, with very little offseason training, you know, those two quarterbacks coming into battle, if it's going to be Trubisky again, I can't be confident. If it's going to be Foles, I can't be confident that he's going to hold up either. So it's not going to be A-Rob for me. It's really difficult between Cup and DJ Moore. I I I gotta I gotta see Teddy. I gotta see Teddy do it. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna pick more because I just think the talent is just too hard to pass up, and I think that he should be the number one wide receiver in that offense. Robbie Anderson is just gonna be a big play guy like he's always been. Every once in a while, and then he'll disappear. He doesn't put up massive, uh, complete numbers as a wide receiver, and. Uh, you know, Samuel is more a short, intermediate guy, so I, I think Moore is going to be the guy for me in this spot, but I wouldn't argue with anybody taking Cup. All right. Uh, so we got one Cup. We got one more. Before we let you go, Tyler, I'm, I'm going to go because I'm have a. i going to break it down as the third guy here. And I went Allen Robinson. Uh, Cooper Cup is someone I actually have as a bust in fantasy football this year. I think we talked about it, I think, last week on the podcast. Uh, I'm just not feeling Cooper Cup this year uh, with, you know, with this new tight end set. I think they're going to run with and DJ Moore, that was a toss-up for me at that point. I love DJ Moore as a player. I think he's someone who, if he had a, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes, he would just be a dominant wide receiver. Uh, but I'd like to see what Teddy Bridgewater is able to do. I mean, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league, so I think that would bowl well for uh, Teddy Bridgewater, but not Teddy Bridgewater, but DJ Moore. But this whole new Matt Roth, uh, you know, offense, I'm concerned on that they might try to space it out a little bit too much and get curtis samuel and robbie anderson more involved than they really should be uh, especially year one and then obviously you have to deal with christian mccaffrey constantly getting those targets in the backfield so while i mean i love more and i'm definitely targeting him in drafts this year i just like alan robinson I, I think he's a true wide receiver one on this team and i think his talent just kind of shows i mean you know back in 2016 or 15 you know he did it with blake bortles and he was a top you know top 10 top 15 wide receiver and then you know had some injury had some you know growing in an offense that's new to him and now he did it last year with Mr. Trubisky as his quarterback, and I think two things are going to happen this year. Either Mr. Trubisky figures it out and it performs well, and I think Allen Robinson is the most uh, biggest benefactor out of that. Or you know, Nick Foles comes in, and yeah, Nick Foles isn't the greatest quarterback ever either, but uh, not the Philly fans at least, but um, or two Philly fans at least, but. I think he's more than capable of getting you know him the ball in the field, and Robinson is going to see at least another I'd say another 130 targets this coming season here, and you really can't beat that in the third round as a possible wide receiver one for your team uh, because you know you don't know how many wide receivers at this point are going to see 130 targets plus right now, and I think Robinson is a guy who you can get in the third round who will see those kind of targets. So uh, I'm going to go with Robinson on this one. So Tyler, we'll let you tie break it. Who you got? Gonna have to agree with you on this one. Let's go. I'm taking Robinson here. <laughs> <laughs> so he had uh, what is it, 630, 632 targets over six years. And 2017, he had one target. So we'll take that in. Yeah, but uh, 2015, 2016, he had 151 targets both season. Uh, 154 targets last year. It's kind of hard to beat, you know. Uh, 94 of the others. So yeah, I'm going to Robinson here. Uh, I like DJ Moore. But there's just he's a second wide receiver there. Christian McCaffrey's number one wide receiver with Carolina. And then you have DJ Moore and then the rest of the team. Too many options, new quarterback, new system. Uh Cooper Cup. I like Cup, but I don't know if he's the number one on that team. I mean, you look at what Woods did in the back part of the season last year. I mean, he was by far the main guy there. And there's a terrible offensive line for LA, so that doesn't give Goffa 
too much time to throw. So I, just, I don't really like Cup here. Cup would be my three, and uh, I'm taking Robinson. All right. So Robinson wins round three of that battle here, guys. Uh, really like that. So. Um, and now we're going to round four. Uh, and this one, it starts to get a little trickier, um, especially this one. I had a lot of issues with this one. I really didn't know who I was going to take. But we have Le'Veon Bell, New York Jets, starting running back with an Adam Gase offense. We have, you know, Todd Gurley moving from the Rams, going to Atlanta, going home, being the Atlanta starting running back. And then Keenan Allen, who over the last three seasons has been just a consistent top, you know, 16 option and, and as a wide receiver in fantasy but now he's got tyrod taylor as a starting quarterback um let's see we're gonna go sal this time we'll let you go first on this one who you got yeah so i was just talking with pat fitzmaurice a couple of nights ago and he asked me since i'm from new york he asked me about Le'Veon bell and i think Le'Veon bell might have mentally checked out because of gay so it worries me about him in that offense and just him not getting the amount of touches he needs to be who he is um, I think physically he might still have it, but it might be a mental game for him. So I'm not going to take Bell there. I'm going to go with Todd Gurley, and my reasoning is this. It's a one-year contract. He's on a proven contract, and they have nothing to lose by running him into the ground. And Matt Ryan's not getting any younger, and I think that they are going to use Gurley as a – you know, as a bell cow back this year, I think he's going to get that that type of those type of touches, and I think that you take a shot in the fourth round at a guy who could be the number one running back overall at the end of the season. Do I think that's where he ends? No, but if he plays to his peak potential and he's able to stay healthy, they could keep giving him whatever they need to give him for that for those knees. You could end up with that. So for me, that's my reasoning behind why I would go with Gurley. All right, no, definitely. He's got a lot of upside to his game. I mean, we've seen it already multiple years that he's been a top, you know, tier wide running back in his time. So, uh, Tyler, we'll let you go second here. Yeah, he pretty much just stole everything I had there. <laughs> I'm definitely taking Gurley here. Um, I just, I don't, I don't trust Adam Gaze's offense. If I try to stay away from any Jets players right now, it's mainly because of him. And, you know, Keenan Allen, the quarterback situation, you know, it's going to be Tyrod, it's going to be Herbert. I don't really know uh, that I could drop his production. I like Keenan Allen, but for a fourth round, uh, I got to pass on him here because of that situation. And Todd Gurley being in Atlanta, like he said, on that one-year contract, I mean, I just think they're going to they're gonna use him as much as possible, you know, especially if you're in PPR. Matt Ryan's definitely going to be throwing to him. Uh, who wouldn't throw to someone like Todd Gurley, you know? And if he's at that peak potential, like he was saying, then, it's hard to pass on Todd Gurley in the fourth round here. All right, so we got two for Todd Gurley. Uh, Jibs, we'll let you go off next. Are we making it three? No, I want you to go first. I want to see what your thoughts are on that. <laughs> All right, well, um, I'm not going with Gurley, guys, unfortunately. Uh, I, I don't mind Gurley in, in redrafts this year. Definitely, depending on where I'm at in drafts, he may be an option for me. Uh, I, I'm just concerned with his knees overall still, his health. Um, I'm concerned about the passing volume in this offense may get away from him, getting all those touchdowns. He kind of kept himself relevant last year. Um, and Evian Bell, like, I have nothing great to say about him, unfortunately. I, I think he's just past his time. I, I just don't see it getting back to the glory days of his Pittsburgh time in New York. I just don't see it happening. Uh, so I'm going Keenan Allen. Uh, and, again, Keenan Allen isn't the – best option in this round probably but between these three here i think he's a solid and i think you're gonna get consistent production out of a wide receiver who you know over the last three seasons had you know over 97 receptions a thousand yards and six touchdowns yes that was with philip rivers um but you know tyrell teller isn't the worst quarterback in the league 
And I think he can get the job done getting the ball to Keenan Allen during the season. Keenan Allen kind of plays all over the field. He definitely plays a lot of slot. Um, I think Tyler Taylor can kind of get him the ball. It's been a couple years since we've seen Tyrod, you know, be an effective starting quarterback uh, or at least a starting quarterback. But I think Tyrod can get the job done. Um, I don't see him bombing it downfield to a guy like Mike Williams. I think he takes it more of the, the shorter routes with Keenan Allen at the, in the slot role. And maybe he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get 1,100 yards this year, but I think he can still get like 900, maybe 1,000 yards still, um, and be pretty productive for your fantasy team. And you can get him in the fourth round. He's probably, by the time the you know regular season gets here, he's probably going to be a guy you can draft in the fifth or sixth round uh, because people are just, just you know falling on him. But I'm saying don't. I'm saying that he can still be a really reliable target in fantasy football as a wide receiver too uh, for your fantasy team. So we'll let you finish it off, Jibs. Wow, he stole the words right on my mouth. Yeah, so this one was very hard for me. Like, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, no. Like, freaking New York running backs, or just the Jets running backs, it's just been, like, just a headache over the last couple of years. And like Sal said, he just doesn't get his opportunity in the offense. He'll get a couple, he'll get a drive, then he'll set out a drive, and then he'll put him back in. Then, like, he doesn't even get lathered up, so he's just kind of just trying to get, like, in gear the whole game. So, Todd Gurley. Obviously, that like that just looks like a opportune like thing because like Atlanta running back, you see Devontae Freeman, well, he'll get like 18 touches a game, and Todd Gurley could live off that. And the Atlanta's offense is very explosive, so if you want to try to risk it all and try to get the biscuit, you go with Todd Gurley. But if you guys want to be safe, um, definitely my pick was Keenan Allen. He has pristine route running. I'm not trying to get like the wide receiver one or a top. I'm trying to get like a maybe a low-end wide receiver one with the round four pick. But, like, obviously, Keenan Allen's just, like, that pure wide receiver, too. He's consistent. He'll get you that 15, 17 points that you need just to justify playing him. So, for to be conservative, Allen, to be aggressive, Todd Gurley all the way. All right. Well, I'm going to assume you said Keenan Allen as a overall yes. pick. So, Keenan we got a tiebreaker. So, I figured this one would be a tiebreaker. So, I threw it on Twitter yesterday, and Keenan Allen wins. On that, 44% of the votes, Todd Gurley was 30%, and Le'Veon Bell was 26 uh, God bless those who picked Le'Veon Bell. But uh, I'm oh, going to wow. go Keenan Allen as the winner of round four. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. The fantasy coaches are a member now and you can be too apply today and become a member and immediately connect with advertisers that fit your audience that's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o podgo guys it's worth a shot give it a chance you're gonna love it and round five uh it's definitely gonna be interesting i i think when i was looking at it afterwards it might be a really obvious pick but maybe it won't be so we got jonathan taylor the young rookie wide rookie wide receiver young rookie running back from the indianapolis colts who's looked ready to take the league by storm if he gets enough carries. Uh, Devontae Parker, who finally broke out in year five with the Miami Dolphins. And then, you know, good old consistent Robert Woods, um, who had been quietly really impressive the last two seasons uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. So, uh, Tyler, who do you have in this selection? Yeah, this one was pretty easy for me. Uh, I think it's, it's Robert Woods. Uh, I'm not Taylor. I like Taylor. Great, great running back. I'm not taking him right here, though. Max, Max only 24 years old. He just came off of a 1,000-yard season um, with pretty much no passing game whatsoever, so it was easy for them to load up on him, and he was still able to get a 1,000 yards out of it. 
Uh, I think Taylor will probably start to eat into that later on in the season. Uh, and I, I don't buy into Parker's fifth-year success. I mean, he, he hasn't done anything. And Woods has had over 130 targets the last two seasons, uh, over 1,000 yards. He finished in, in PPR. He finished 32, 11, and 14 in the last three seasons. Parker was 50, 105, and 11. So I'm, I'm not buying into the, the fifth-year hype. Just, it doesn't work for me. So I'm, I'm going Woods. All right. Uh, we got one for Woods now. Uh, Jibs, we're going to let you go second on this one. Who do you got? I'm taking Bobby Woods. Uh, I'll take both Browns receivers if I have to. But uh, like uh, Kyler said before, he didn't start really cooking up till week 14 when Cup kind of took a step back and Higby kind of came on the scene too. So that could be like a glimpse of what you're seeing with the future of the Rams offense looks like. Yes, but even if that, like Jared Goff, like I said a couple episodes, he, throws, he just throws 4,600 yards like it's nothing. He's done that the last two years. So you kind of want a piece of that pie. There's a lot of pie to go around. So Robert Woods getting them in the fifth round, obvious pick for me. All right, so we got two Woods right now. Uh, Sal, are we making it three? Yeah, I'm not going to break any ground here. It's, it's Woods, um, to, again, to t- a point Tyler made about Cup. Um, I think Woods is the number one wide receiver on that team, and you could get him two rounds after Cup. You scoop him right up. Um, I'm a buy on Devontae Parker in Dynasty. If you could get him at the right price, I got him cheap. So I think people don't believe in him, and uh, I was able to get him cheap in the offseason. But that's, you know, that's a Dynasty buy. I'm not talking about picking him in the, uh, in the fifth round here. And Taylor, for me, too much Mac. Mac's going to be involved. He's definitely got a great future once they let Mac go. But uh, for me, it's pretty easily Robert Woods. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to make it four. We actually agree on one round, guys. I love it. Uh, Taylor, you know, he's going to be a great player in, in, in this in fantasy league one day. You know, especially in Dynasty. This year, I don't think I'd take him in round five just yet. I'd wait one more round. Parker, obviously, I'm a Dolphins fan, so I love Parker in general. I think he can do something similar to what he did this season. I just don't know how much of it he's going to get back with, you know, Preston Williams and uh, a better run game at least this year. So I don't know how much they plan on throwing it consistently like that. But Bob Woods in the fifth round, I think, is just an automatic steal this year in fantasy football. And if you get him in the fifth round, you're, I think he could be a guy that wins you a fantasy championship. One of the biggest things, and a lot of people talked about him, so I'll be real quick, but when they switched that 12 personnel on the field, you, still, you saw Bob Woods be on the field more often. He had 48 targets from week 12 to week 16. Um, so it clearly shows that when they switch to that 12 personnel, which it seems like they may do a lot more this often with Higby and Everett on the field, that Woods is going to be the guy that's on the field. I know Cup didn't see it as much with Cooks on the field, but maybe they work in Cooks a little bit more. But Woods was the main guy on the field, and I think you could be happy with a guy who has touchdown progression coming to him after having just two pat, uh, two catching touchdowns this coming year. So uh, in the fifth round, it's got to be Woods at this point, guys. Uh, all right, so we'll go to round six now. Uh, round six, um, I thought this one was pretty easy uh, for the most. Maybe not, maybe not. This was a little bit hard still. But we have Dave Montgomery, uh, you know, rookie sensation who didn't really pan out as big as we all thought it would from the Chicago Bears. Michael Gallup, who had the breakout third year, uh, second year season with the Dallas Cowboys. And Jarvis Landry, who's just been a consistent guy who continues to outdo his ADP every single year. And uh, finished really strong at the end of the season. So uh, let's see. Who are going to go with this for time first? Uh, Sal, will let you go first this time. Who do you got? Yeah, let me jump back on. I had my, my mic muted because Mr. Softy's driving by, and I don't want to get you guys excited. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, 
Montgomery really disappointed me last year and in, in, in my main falafel league, the fantasy football funhouse was originally the falafel house and, and it started based off of this league and it's a keeper league. And I, uh, I let a player go last year in order to pick Montgomery in the first round as a keeper, and I will not obviously be keeping him. It's a 16-teamer, by the way, and I got him at the very end of the first round. But So Montgomery's a, a pass for me. Gallup is a player I really like, and I like him more when the Cowboys come to their senses and don't uh, have Cooper there for that entire contract. But right now, I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry. Every bit as I was off of the Cleveland Browns weapons last year, I'm back on this year. This is the year that I think they pan out after everybody overdrafted him last year. And like you said, Landry picked it up down the stretch when OBJ kind of just was between injuries and just not really connected with Baker. And I think Baker's back this year. I'm higher on Baker. I'm higher on that whole offense. It's a ton of weapons, but Landry is just a consistent, and especially in the PPR uh, league, the guy I'm going with here. All right, reliable Landry. Uh, Let's see, who are we going to go with next? Tyler, we'll let you go next here. Yeah, so I I like Montgomery. Uh, you know, he doesn't really have anybody to compete with him for touches in the backfield. Uh, I really like him here. It's a little bit tough for me, really, between him and Landry. I like Gallup, but the fact that they added C.D. Lamb, and then, you know, you have Amari Cooper as well. I just, I can't I can't take Gallup right here if it's not, not certain on him. And it's, it's hard to pass Landry. He's finished uh, number five, 18, and 12 past three seasons. Uh, you can grab him in the sixth round. He could possibly be uh, wide receiver one here. So... I mean, I have to take Landry. There's, he's definitely going to outproduce either one of these guys, and I don't know why he falls this far, but he does every year. So I'm going to take him. All right. So we got two for Landry now. Um, I guess Jibs will let you go next. Uh, I'm taking David Montgomery. That situation's just 250 carries, and I just feel like Landry, to like Debo's point, like he is coming back from hip surgery. Hopefully, he's going to be on a faster track he's going to be healthy before the season starts but even though that round six price tag i feel like you can't even like pass it up to so he's a close one but montgomery situation even though the offensive line has work to do and the offense needs improvement in totality but the bears sway by the bible that they're going to get that running game fixed and i don't want i just got to jump on that before everyone else does all right, so we got two Landry, one Montgomery. Unfortunately, Jibs, I can't tie it up for you. Although I'm a big fan of Montgomery, I've been telling people he's definitely someone who's has a, an option to uh, opportunity to have at least 250 or 225 um, or more to carries this coming season here. But again, he's in an offense that definitely scares me a little bit with the run game. How much are they going to run the offensive line? Isn't the best, but he's got the opportunity. And in the sixth round, you can't beat that. But I'm not going with him. And with Jarvis Landry, to me, it's just a hip injury. And maybe I'll regret not taking Landry at one point. Again, I want to see the hip injury. I want to see him on the field practicing again before I make that real decision at that at that time in my draft this year. And if he's playing and he's practicing, Landry would definitely be my option right there. But, again, the hip injury is definitely concerned what's going to happen this year. And that, that scares me. So I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. And a lot of people are all about the, you know, C.D. Lamb being there. You know, Gallup's going to fall off. He's going to fall off. But I just don't see it that way. And especially with the year we're having right now where, you know, rookies aren't getting in there to get that chemistry down with Dak. And Dak hasn't even been there either. And who knows what they're doing this offseason. Maybe they're doing a lot of great work. But, you know, when you're not practicing with each other on the field consistently, uh, that definitely takes a toll on your chemistry for at least year one. And, C.D. Lamb, as talented as I'm thinking he may be, he'll get his play. 
but it may not be as big as maybe people are thinking he's going to just take over as a wide receiver too. I, I think you saw Gallup on the field and the progress he made going into year one and year two really, I think, helped Dak as well because Cooper is, I guess he, he is the wide receiver one on the team, but he's just so, he's a downfield threat who's inconsistent with catches constantly. And But Gallup was just a much more consistent guy and he the way he finished was just really strong and even missed a couple games, but still had a really great season overall. I just think if you're going to go with consistency, I think he's going to see the most consistent targets on the team this year. While you know Hooper, not Hooper, but Cup has the uh, Cooper. I'm sorry, Cooper has the boomer bust games. Lamb has more of the you know crazy games here and there. But I, I think uh, Gallup has those more consistent games you can get. And somebody I think probably will end up not being in the sixth round. I think he could end up end up in the seventh or eighth by the time the season starts here, which I think you're getting an absolute steal by then. So I'm going to go with Gallup here. And. Fortunately, Jarvis Landry won that round, guys. And now we're on to round seven. And round seven is strictly running backs. We haven't had a, I guess we haven't had a tier yet. It was just one position. So this should be interesting. So uh, round seven, we have DeAndre Swift, the uh, the rookie out of Georgia, who is now with the Detroit Lions, pairing up with Carrion Johnson. Darius Geis, the third-year guy now, who's played a whole four or five games in his career so far and Kareem Hunt, who we all know what happened with Kareem Hunt, uh, but he's back again with the Browns to you know really take that opportunity in this uh, offense this coming year, being able to play 16 games. So, uh, Jibs, why don't you go first on this one? Who do you got? I'm taking DeAndre Swift just because, like, right now I have my team established, per se, if I took all these running backs so far. And um, just getting him in round seven, that could be, like, a lottery ticket for success. Obviously, Darius guys could be one too, but he hasn't proved it to me. I want the fresh young blood legs. Kareem Hunt is a great player as well. He will be consistent RB3 for you, but I just want that upside, and I want to see what DeAndre Swift could do at a, at a measly round seven price. All right, so we have DeAndre Swift, first one off the board. Uh, Tyler, we'll let you go next. Yeah, if you could guarantee me that guys would stay healthy, he would be my guy here, but he's had some issues with that, and you got Love behind him, too, and Love was a great running back when he was at Stanford, and if I could grab him, you know, somewhere, probably maybe 15th round, 12th round, somewhere in that area, uh, I'll pass on guys here, and I'll try to take Love later. I'm not going to take Swift. Um, I think he's going to split reps with Kerryon, and uh, I just don't think I don't think it's going to be – he's a great back, but I don't think it's going to be as good fantasy-wise um, as somebody like Kareem Hunt. Uh, we saw what he did week 10 when he came back. You know, I mean, he's double digits pretty much every week. He's the number one receiving back there. And he also gets touches every game. I know you got Chubb there too, but I'm going to go Kareem Hunt. All right. So we have one Swift, one Hunt. Uh, Sal, will let you go next. Yeah, I, I'm going to just go with with Chips. You made some really good points. And for me, it's going to be uh, DeAndre Swift, um, especially since he could step in and, and have a big pass catching role in that offense and, and carry on as much as I've liked him in, in recent years. He just he can't stay in the field and he hasn't been overly impressive, in my opinion, when he's been on the field. I, I mean, Geis, uh, what a disappointment. The Terminator is still there, is he not? I mean, Adrian Peterson is a Terminator. He just doesn't die, this guy. So 
on top of love and all the other stuff that they have there. Adrian Peterson's still there. So, guys, no chance for me there. And the only reason I wouldn't go Kareem Hunt here if this was a, a draft in order and I just took Landry last round, I don't want to bulk up on too many too many Browns. But if we're talking about an isolated round, I could make the argument for Kareem Hunt as well because I do feel like he's – if you look at the numbers down the stretch and what he put up, uh, even with Chubb on the field – but I, I like the risk of taking the fresh legs at a rookie like Jib said. So I agree. DeAndre Swift in this round for me. All right. Uh, so we got one hunt, two Swifts. Um, I'm definitely not picking Darius, guys. Uh, guys, I would just stay away from him. Like I said, uh, Sal said, you know, Adrian Peterson's still there. Tyler said, you know, Bryce Love's there. You don't forget about Antonio Gibson, the rookie, sen- the rookie sensation I think ends up being the lead back at some point, hopefully, in that offense. But Guys has not shown he can stay consistently healthy. He played one really great game last year against the probably the worst run defense in Carolina last year where he just had, I think, 12 carries, but Adrian Peterson had 20 carries and had 100 yards too. So it was just a running day for everyone. So don't expect guys to just, oh, he's just going to be great. No, he just inefficient. He continuously gets hurt, not worrying about him. Uh, Swift, I wouldn't mind Swift here. Uh, if I'm going like off my draft board right now, it would make more sense for me to take Swift. Um I just I haven't been able to rely on a Detroit running back in years since maybe Reggie Bush, maybe not even before that, maybe Barry Sanders at that point. Um, so I'd be a little hesitant to take him there. So I'm going to go Kareem Hunt, too, and I'm going to tie it up a little bit here. And I know if I took Chubb earlier today and I talked about how it wouldn't affect Chubb, and I don't think it will. I think Hunt will see his own kind of production this year and and do some things with that. And the, what they're talking about is that he's getting involved in the slot game a lot. He, you know, he might actually see some time at wide receiver, which would be really interesting because he was such a PPR machine already out of the backfield. They don't really have a strong wide receiver three on their team, so if they use him more in the passing game per se than the running game, uh, he could be really valuable, especially in PPR leagues, and and have a pretty strong flex appeal each and every single week. Uh, and also have that running ability, too, that he can run, especially late in games, uh, and do something with the ball, especially if they're winning. I think if they're winning games late, Kareem Hunt's just going to go in there and run it while they, you know, Chubb kind of rest a little bit. So uh, I'm going to go with Hunt because he's just got that big upside that you really want to see in a, in a run-first team. So I'm going with Hunt here. And now we're over to round eight. And round eight, this was a hard one. I put this one on Twitter, too, so maybe we'll have some different answers here. But we're going to start with Julian Edelman, uh, Tom Brady's guy, who no longer has Tom Brady. It's now Jared Siddham, or probably Jared Siddham. We'll just go with that. Uh, Ronald Jones, uh, who may have lost his job. People thinking that. People don't like Ronald Jones. Uh, He is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, possibly starting running back at this point. Uh, and then John Brown, who had a resurgent kind of season, had a really good year with uh, Josh Allen last year in, in Buffalo, uh, but now has to deal with Stefan Diggs. Uh, so let's go with Tyler this one. Who do you got first? So this was a little tough for me, but I, th- I think I'm going to avoid John Brown here simply for the fact that they gave up all that capital good Diggs. They want him to be the number one. Will he be the number one? It's hard to say until they get to practicing together, playing together, you know. But I'm, I'm going to avoid Brown just because Diggs is there now. Um, I really I like Jones. I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn's going to step in and just completely take his role. You know, he'll definitely get some reps, you know, maybe some goal line work, that kind of stuff. Um, but just because I've gone so heavy on running back so far, I'm going to go with Edelman here. I mean, he's he's been in that offense forever. Um, he's He's been Tom's number one guy. I think he's going to be, if Stidham is the starter, I think he's going to be the number one guy still for Stidham. Now, he might not have 100 receptions like he did last year, but he's still going to be close up there, and I think if you can grab somebody like that in the eighth round, then it's a pretty good deal. 
All right, so we have one for Julian Edelman, uh, the old man. 35 years old there, Tyler, though. 35 years old now. Um, and Fitzgerald's still going, too. Yeah, well, that's true. You're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that there is in comparison. I think the quarterback situation is a little different, but no, uh, you're definitely right on that. So, uh, Sal, we'll let you go second here. You guys ever have, like, players you just don't draft? For some reason, you never draft them. And Julian Edmond has always been one of those guys for me. And he's always produced. But for some reason, whenever it comes time to pick him, I just have that, eh, I don't want him. So <laughs> I'm definitely not going to take him without Tom Brady there uh, this year. How crazy is it? Ronald Jones is 20. Oh, my God, they're shooting. You heard that? <laughs> Ronald Jones is 22 years old, guys. 22 years old. He's already played two NFL seasons. And they have never given a guy a really good legitimate shot to take that position. So with Vaughn coming in, I think it's a little bit of a convoluted spot. And uh, that leads me to the Smokey. John Brown is like the unofficial, official wide receiver of the Fantasy Football Funhouse. Uh, Kevin and myself pretty much have him everywhere every year. And I think it actually benefits him to have Diggs on the opposite side now to open things up for him. He doesn't have to be keyed on. And um, and Diggs will take some of that pressure away from him. So it'll be Brown, uh, Smokey Brown for me here, no problem. All right, so we got one Edelman, one Smokey Brown. The running back game is not being involved because I'm going with John Brown too, Sal. I completely agree with everything you just said here. Um, a lot of people are talking about Diggs you know, getting all these extra, car- extra targets now. He's going to be the main guy, and I don't completely believe in that. You know, the, the chemistry is a big thing to me when it comes to quarterbacks and wide receivers, and you're not getting that this offseason here. And Josh Allen isn't the great, greatest you know, thrower in the world either. I mean, I think Diggs is taking a downgrade compared to past ca- uh, pa- quarterbacks compared to Kirk Cousins and uh, Josh Allen but Josh Allen has a connection with John Brown he was able to show it consistently now you don't have to worry about defenders worrying about digs constantly now you get John Brown on a softer coverage and I just think Don John Brown who you know going in the eighth round probably could end up getting him in the 10th round in some drafts the way you look at it uh, could definitely be a huge steal that people just aren't focusing on because Stefan Diggs is there now and everyone thinks Stefan Diggs is going to be the main main guy there which I'm not 100% sold he's going to be. I think John Brown sees a big share of this workload, or at least not workload, but targets in this offense this year. So John Brown is my pick here. So, And Jibs, I know you left, but are you back? I'm here. All right, we'll let you finish it off here. Uh, you going with uh, it's John, John Brown? Brown. Okay. <laughs> it's John Brown. You guys put all the points on the board. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that then. Uh, we got three on John Brown then. So John Brown wins round eight, and we got two rounds to go. Uh, round nine, we have Darius Slayton, uh, the ro- out of nowhere rookie sensation for the Giants last year. Uh, Christian Kirk, supposed uh, to have that year two breakout, didn't really have it, um, but he's part of the Arizona Cardinals still in a big uh, passing offense. And then basically the over-reliable Marvin Jones, uh, who's just been producing every single year almost, to most until he gets injured. Sal, we'll let you go first on this one. Who do you got? Did we lose you, Sal? I'm here, gents. I'm here. Right. Um, I, I love the two young guys. I really do. And I own them in different places in Dynasty Leagues. But over-reliable is right. If you're going to ask me to get on a soapbox for any player this year that people are going to underdraft, it's going to be Marvin Jones. Nine touchdowns in 11 starts last year. Five touchdowns the year before in only nine games, and then uh, nine touchdowns in the year before that. He scores touchdowns in his offense. He's comfortable with Stafford. Stafford is comfortable with him. He's got a premier or a young premier wide receiver lining up opposite him to take the, uh, the pressure away from him. I don't believe... I don't know what's going to happen with Hawkinson in that offense. I don't think he's going to become what Fant, I believe, can become, uh, and they'll always be tied to each other. But 
Marvin Jones, for me, easy in this spot. The other two guys, I love their futures that are ahead of them, but they have they have a lot of vets. Uh, Slayton's got Tate and uh, and Shepard over there, and Larry Fitzgerald, as we mentioned, is just not going to go away. Hopkins is there now, so it's crowded in those two areas, and I don't think it's very crowded in Detroit. So uh, Marvin Jones for me. All right, one for Marvin Jones. Tyler, where are we standing? I have to agree. Uh if it was Dynasty, you know, maybe Slayton, maybe Kirk. It's just there's too many options in Arizona for me to go Kirk here. Uh, I, I like Slayton a lot. Uh, you know, he does have Shepard and Tate. Shepard does have the concussion issues, so kind of have to see how that plays out. You know, when you still got Barkley and Ingram, if he can stay healthy. So I'm going with Jones here. He's he's, he's been reliable as, as long as he's healthy. Uh, he, he's going to be a top option if he if he plays 16 games. You're you're going to see 100, 110 targets, something like that. So uh, I'm going to take him. All right, two for Jones and Jibs. Yeah, I'm going with the reliable too, man. He could be a wide receiver too if he plays all games. And just you get him in the ninth round, like that's just absurd. Christian Kirk, like Sal made great points to Christian Kirk. Like you also hear other people say like, well, Hopkins is there. He could definitely uh, – take less coverage off of him and kind of facilitate it. He doesn't be that number one role in the offense, which might work. But I would take Kirk second and Slayton. I love all three of these people, uh, players, but I'm definitely going with Reliable. Yeah, no. To me, the young guys are still a little bit inconsistent. They haven't – well, Slayton kind of showed it last year. Kirk, I guess, showed it in his rookie year, but – I want to see them, again, do more consistency, and I just don't see them being consistent just yet this coming season. I think they get there maybe the year after that for both these guys. But Barbara Jones, in 2020, you're going to a consistent guy who back-to-back seasons was at least a top 15 wide receiver through at least 10 weeks before he got hurt. Again, injuries is something of a concern, but uh, you're going to get a top guy in the ninth round who can be a you know, wide receiver two for your team, and he's probably going to be your three or four probably on your team. So I'm going with Marvin Jones here on this as well. Uh, so that's our, I think, our second completely and uh, complete. Yeah, everyone picked Jones on that one. So uh, last one, round 10. Uh, we'll stop there. And we have, and again, I thought this one might be a little easy now that I'm looking at it, but CeeDee Lamb, the rookie sensation for the Cowboys, Jerry Judy, the rookie sensation for the Denver Broncos, but or Alexander Madison, um, the backup to Dalvin Cook, who is currently holding out. Might be too much of a, a one-sided thing, but maybe not. So Tyler, we'll let you go first. Uh, you kind of said it with the hold out there. Um, I don't like taking rookies in redraft, uh, especially not wide receivers. There's only you have one or two every year that really produce, um, but I'm going to avoid wide receiver here. And because of the holdout with Cook, uh, his injury concerns that are always there, uh, I'm going to take Alexander Madison. He looked good when he was on the field last year, and Cook may hold out the whole season. If he doesn't, there's a good chance the injury happens and Madison becomes the starting back. So that offense is built through the run and i'm gonna take madison all right we got one for madison i feel like a trend's about to happen sal we'll let you go next yeah absolutely i agree with everything that, that tyler said and uh rather than building up the, the, the madison point i'll just say that if cd lamb landed pretty much anywhere else for his rookie year it, it might have been him for me right but it's just it's entirely too crowded and you made gallup points earlier you took gallup where you had him and i and i think gallup is a very promising 
wide receiver, but Cooper is being paid a ton of money, so we know he's going to be on the field. And then, you know, they have this guy, Ezekiel Elliott, too. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He gets the ball a little bit, you know. So uh, I love what Denver's doing there. And as a Raider fan, I don't like to say that too often, but I love what Denver's doing with these young wide receivers, and they have two studs. But right now it's lining up perfectly for Madison to get those, those touches via a holdout or an injury. All right, so uh, we'll make it two there. I'll go real quick, Jibs. I'm going Madison, guys. The The opportunity of him being injured or Dalvin Cook being injured or holding out or I think very strong. Madison is just it's, – it's at round 10, it's just not – it's a great buy, steal at that point to take a guy who could be an RB1 for you uh, any given week uh, during the season if you're getting him in round 10. So And Jibs, we'll let you finish it off. Will you make it at a you know, four-peat? It's a sweep. That's a sweep. We're going Madison for sure. All right, let's go. So, uh, Madison, it is, guys. Uh, I think we're going to stop there today because we're getting big. We're getting really close on time. So, uh, those are our ten rounds, guys. Uh, I really like doing this. I think we're going to probably do it again as we get closer to the season of more, you know, not accurate, but uh, more closer ADPs to your actual draft. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but you know, Tyler, we thank you for coming on. Let everyone know where they can see, for, reach you at. Absolutely, man. Uh, I enjoyed it. Had a, had a good time. Uh, if you want to hit me on Twitter, it's just Tyler underscore Lancaster. Yeah. L-A-N-C-A-S-T-E-R. There's no D in there, like most people like to put. It's not Lancaster, just Lancaster. But, yeah, that's where I do uh, that's where I do most of my stuff, so on Twitter. Yeah, no, this was your first time coming on to us, and uh, it was a lot of fun, so we appreciate you coming on for that. Oh, yeah. And then Sal, of course, uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on and talking about the Potathon and everything that you know you bring up to the table. So we do appreciate. It. But let everyone know once again where they can reach you at. Yeah, it's Salito S A L L E T O F F on Twitter and the at SFB Potathon also. And you can find all my other stuff in those bios. You know where you can find my show and and the other things I'm involved in. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'd be I'd love to come back. Anytime, in season, during the season, and after the season, you guys hit me up. I had a lot of fun. Uh, we definitely will. You're a local guy in the tri-state area for definitely. So I appreciate both of you guys for hopping on today. So uh, before we get really get going, though, guys, obviously, please go follow our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. Uh, we have all of our great rankings, articles, you know, live streams, these podcasts, a lot of the draft guide. Well, I keep forgetting to mention a lot of the times that we'll have up hopefully by the end of July. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun when we present that out there. I've been working pretty hard on that, so I'm hoping that makes it out there soon by someone in July. So look out for that. And again, follow the podcast on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. You can follow me personally at Coach Stephen P. and Jibs. You can follow me at Hot Take Honcho on Twitter. Yeah, so give everyone a follow. View everyone's thing, guys. We do appreciate you guys for listening in today. And until next time, next week, uh, we thank you guys and take care now. The bag is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super-duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Like boom, running like zoom The highest and mighty has entered the room High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes All players covered this nuts as legumes Opponents are doomed and these are the facts I keep it 100 like I'm running track Listen up Jack, I'ma head back Back to the blowing that, blowing that, blowing that, go